Hey there, my name is Jonathan Lee, co-host of the EdTech Pod Squad. On behalf of my other co-hosts, I wanted to thank you for adding our podcast to your personalized professional development lineup. I also would like to invite you to check out my other podcast, the METC Podcast. The Midwest Education Technology Community, METC, podcast highlights the amazing things our regional educators are doing within their region, district, school, or classrooms. You can catch us on almost any podcasting site or check us out at metcedplus.org. All right, everyone, it is time for this month's EdTech Pod Squad. Your learning begins now. Welcome to the EdTech Pod Squad, a monthly show where five Missouri EdTech leaders talk, share, and reflect on their own teaching and learning. The conversation with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and me, JP Presvento, starts right now. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the EdTech Pod Squad. We're excited to be here today to talk about whether or not we really hate our future selves. We're going to run down the line, see who all is with us today. I'm JP Presveno, Instructional Technology Coordinator from Fox School District. I'm Erin Lawson from the Orchard Farm School District, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Erin underscore Lawson3. I am Jonathan Lee, and I am at the Midwest Educational Technology Community, METC, and you can find me at Percent. I'm Samantha Hardesty-Knoll at the Wentzville School District, and you can find me at TechKnoll. I am Josh Howard. With uh, I'm a tech coach in Fulton Public Schools in Fulton, Missouri, and you can find me at Josh C. Howard and my website, uh, joshchhoward.com. All right. Hey, everyone. I'm so glad that you're all here. We have an exciting episode lined up today. We're going to dive into what's new in ed tech, take a look around the coach's corner, have a featured conversation about whether or not we actually do hate our future selves, and wrap things up with some exciting news at the end. We're going to start out in what's new today, and I'm going to throw this over to Aaron to share a super exciting new classroom website. Yeah, so we were we were hearing about this at ISTE, and then I noticed on Twitter that a ton of people were referring to it as well. So I'm like, okay, what is this? So it's called Classroom Screen, and you can find it at classroomscreen.com. And basically what it is, it's kind of like this, it fills up your entire screen, so it's great for like your smart board or something like that. And um, it has all these little, little, I don't know, like little widgets, I guess you could say, that uh, teachers could choose to put on this whole screen um, in front of their class. And so there's like tools like um, there's an exit poll uh, where as kids are walking out of the room, they can tap the screen and say if they liked it or didn't like it or something like that, and it'll kind of do a little poll. Um, there's little plus and minus widgets. Um, there's like a traffic light, which I think is really neat for elementary level with um, red, yellow, green to kind of help them with their progress on a project or understanding a concept, something like that. Uh, they can do an image in a text box. I mean, you can do all sorts of just really cool little things with this classroom screen. Um, you can draw on it. You can do a sound level. Um, QR codes, you can change the background, which actually one of my teachers discovered that if she turned on her webcam, that then their, her students can see themselves on the screen with the classroom screen 
what little widgets at the bottom of it. So she thought that was pretty cool. Uh, work symbols, timers, clocks, I mean, anything you can imagine. And when you go to classroomscreen.com, it'll take a little bit to load, but then once it does, you can just drag the widgets from the bottom of the screen up and just place it wherever you want. Um, that will then help out with your classroom management, basically. That sounds like a really neat resource. And I know in my district, Aaron, we have teachers who have been using Promethean. And I think their product is Active Inspire in the past. And as that's something we're kind of moving away from. And we have teachers who are still looking to find those resources without having to go to six different places. And it sounds like Classroom Screen might be a good, good resource for them. It is. Definitely go check it out. Sam, you have something to talk about with what you guys are doing over in Wentzville in terms of Jamboard for Chrome and iPad. Yeah, so um, we got to see a Jamboard, the actual hardware device, while we were at ISTE this summer as well. Um, and of course, that is a beautiful piece of hardware with the intention, much like a smart board, you know, an interactive whiteboard. Um, and when we got back, we actually revisited Jamboard because we are looking at right now, um, we are putting iPads in the classroom for teachers to use iPads to Apple TVs to use as our projection system, kind of replacing that smart board model in the classroom and giving teachers more mobility within their classroom and giving them a little bit more flexibility in their classroom. And so we were looking for a good whiteboard app that teachers could use that would be cross-device. And so we circled back to Jamboard, and I really like the fact that you can use the app on an iPad so a teacher has control of it, but then students can chime in using their Chromebook as well um, so that those two pieces can communicate within the classroom. Um, and, you know, like any Google product, jamboard.google.com, um, you can add all sorts of writing pieces to things. Uh, you can also add sticky notes to your Jamboards. You can add docs to work in the docs. And then everything is shareable as well. So it's a pretty cool tool, uh, even without the hardware tied in. So have you seen the most um, benefit for these when kids or teachers are on touch-enabled devices, or have you still see, seen some good use when kids are on their one-to-one -one Chromebooks? Oh, I would definitely have to say that there's more ease of use when you're on a touch-enabled device. Um, the iPad is actually, the app on the iPad is very easy to use, um, but I do like that you can still, you know, the kids can still add using their Chromebook, so they're they're not stuck. It's not as fluent, but they're not stuck at not being able to add to the conversation. Awesome. That sounds like a really cool resource. And I'm interested to see kind of how that evolves as we see more schools that are going to kind of bring Jamboard into the educational space and see if that, if that hardware and software kind of evolves a little bit for education. Absolutely. Anyone else have anything new before we dive into the coach's corner? So as we jump, we're going to jump right in now to the coach's corner. And I know here in Missouri, um, all schools starting this year are mandated to have professional development around dyslexia. And that PD and that learning kind of bleeds into what we do as technology coaches and coordinators. So one thing that I know I'm doing, and as we talk about off air, everyone else is doing right now, is 
putting together learning for our teachers about technology resources that will help students who have characteristics of dyslexia. So one thing that I'm doing in Fox is um, developing a short PD module that's all about uh, resources we can use when kids are learning on a Chromebook to help them with some of that assistive technology. So we're looking at resources like extensions that are going to have text-to-speech, um, really taking a look at dictation tools, and some of the one extension I'm looking at right now in particular, it's up on my screen, is called Visor, and it's kind of a screen dimmer with a reading pane, and I'm going to dump this into our show notes today so everyone can take a look at it. It's just a really neat extension that really helps learners or anyone who's reading on a screen quite a bit focus their reading line. Now, Sam, you were saying before we started recording that the Chromebook has some really new accessibility features built into it that it's taking away the need for some of these extensions that we're having, and you kind of blew everyone's mind. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. So uh, in our district, we, of course, are always trying to find ways to meet all of our learners, and, and we continually are looking for extensions and, and those types of things to help uh, meet the needs of, of all kiddos, whether they need something read aloud to them or they need um, an overlay. And so Chrome released not too long ago. Um, they released some accessibility features that are they're baked right into the Chromebooks so that you don't have to add those extra extensions on. So for example, in the settings, if you go to the advanced settings, you have your accessibility features. So we're trying to empower our students and we're actually trying to get these resources to students so that they can have the ability to turn these off. But you can do text to speech um, and you can change the display so you can have that contrast be different on the display for students. Um, of course, speak to type, and there's a lot of different mouse and touchpad features that they can change um, for any OT issues and uh, the pinch zoom. But really the one that we liked a lot was the text to speech. So students can turn on their, um, they can turn on their settings so that it enables them to be able to select the text and then they can use a shortcut. It's the magnifier plus S, and that will go ahead and speak what they've selected. And I'm, I threw in the show notes as well, um, uh, just a quick little presentation that is about Chrome tools to help all students. And it kind of goes through some of those different features that are inside of the settings. Um, and pay specific attention to the, the notes in that presentation because there's a lot of extra information for you in the notes. But these are features that all educators should know and our students should know as well. Awesome. That's great stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Sam. And I know, like we were saying all fair, that like, I had no idea that some of those tools were built into our Chromebooks, specifically the speech to text. So my mind's blown a little bit right now. And I don't know that I'm the only one um, on the call who's feeling that way. So hopefully some of our listeners are getting some good information about accessibility features built right into the Chrome OS. Aaron, um, you've been coaching a little bit of podcasting in Orchard Farm. Why don't you tell us about your podcasting? Yeah. Okay. So I had this awesome presenter come to our <laughs> tech day at Orchard Farm um, named Josh Howard. And he presented awesome. about 
<laughs> he was great. He was great. Um, and he talked, you know, he presented about podcasting with Chromebooks. Um, and then I got to actually go sit in on that when he presented the same presentation again at the Google Summit, which was really great about cookies. We podcasted about <laughs> cookies. So it was, it was great. That's right. So um, I was really inspired by it. I thought that the way that, um, that he organized it uh, was really awesome. So the kids have like a podcast organizer and they can use um, Screencastify to do their podcast. Um, and they can just kind of insert that video into a Google slide and just make it really small. So it just looks like a little play button, which I thought was an awesome idea. So I went to uh, one of my sixth grade teachers here at Orchard Farm and I'm like, okay, I learned about this. Will you give it a shot? And she totally wanted to go for it. So her kids have been working on the BHH strategy, which is book, head, heart, um, when they're reading their books. And so um, they paired together, found another partner that had, that's been reading the same book as them. And then they did a little two-minute podcast uh, with, about the BHH strategy. And we use uh, headphones with the microphone built into it for some kids, but then for other ones, we just stuck the Chromebook in a cardboard box, and the sound was great on those as well. And uh, it's, it's been awesome. And, you know, kind of working through those ISTE standards for students, um, the SAMR level, this lesson just went right along with it because our sixth graders um, have shared their podcast with the district. Um, and then we're going to take some of those podcasts and um, share them out with authors of the books. We're going to do some global read aloud stuff and share them with those matching classrooms and other cities and states. And so, yeah, it's, it's been really neat. So thank you, Josh. Shout out to you. Thank you for um, awesome ideas for podcasting. I was uh, really glad when you tweeted that, that you were doing that. It was, um, it's always cool to see somebody taking one of your ideas and uh, making it happen. Um, but that was really cool. And I liked that you guys, uh, you had uh, set up kind of those, I called them kind <clears> of <throat> the makeshift sound studios with the paper boxes. Uh, and that, that's just for anybody. If you ever want to record audio with your, and you just have a Chromebook, the microphones on there you typically aren't very good, and you do catch a lot of environmental sounds. So uh, if you have a few paper boxes laying around, uh, we just take like a towel or a bed sheet and stick it in the back and then put the Chromebook in the box, and then it, it records sound pretty well. So, yeah, you can definitely do some podcasting that way. Uh, cool to see you all doing that over there at Orchard Farm. Well, that's such a cool hack. So we're going to jump right into the featured content for this episode. And before we dive into talking about our future selves and whether we like our future selves or really just want to punish our future selves, I want to tell a quick story about how this came to be. For the last few years, um, I've had this saying that there are a lot of things that are future JP's problem. Um, and I kind of started talking to Erin about this when she was in Fox one day a while back. And... The whole idea is that, you know, I, I commit to things all the time. And the further away an event is or a commitment is, the more likely I am to commit to it. And my thought process is, you know what? Future JP is going to deal with that. I'm sure there's nothing else that's really going to, that's going to cause a problem with that event because it's like six months from now. Nothing's going to happen in six months. When we really dive into that future me issue at the core, it's really about balancing our work and our life, and our own learning. So what I want to talk about today is how do we do that? How do we find a balance between working with teachers, being learners ourselves, and still managing a family life? So how, does anybody have, I'm just going to throw this out to the group, like, does anybody have first like 
a something that works best? Or is there like a big question that you always try to answer with um, your own work-life balance? I think for me, I try to think about, you know, okay, so here's my school year. Let me, let me try to think about what are my three, let's say three major goals for this school year. And then, you know, if I'm saying yes to different things or whatever, do they kind of match along with those three goals to try to keep myself focused on what it is that I'm doing? Because otherwise, yeah, I will just be like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And then, yeah, future Aaron then has problems basically down the line. So I, I would maybe try to for our listeners, maybe try to think about some goals for yourself each year and try to stick to them, basically. Um, I would ag- agree with Aaron is that you have to, um, you have to have a plan and you have to really be organized about it. Uh, and I, st- I really struggle with this still to this day. Um, we had a, uh, as an example of how I kind of dig holes for myself, we had a professional development day uh, a couple days ago on Monday and, um, Throughout the past two months, I had told uh, administrators at three different buildings that I would be able to present for them at times that overlapped. And that's because uh, I say yes to everything. And I always want to, uh, um, I realize that in my role, I'm the only, really the only person that can do a lot of those things that they need or have the time to plan stuff. And so whenever somebody comes to ask me, my default is always just, oh yeah, sure. And the problem is, is that I don't look at my calendar. I don't think of like, oh, what is my goal for this month to make sure that I get over to this building? And have I already been over there? Have I talked to these teachers? Do I need to be, you know? And so instead of um, looking at like what I had to do that day or like looking at what my commitments that day already were, I just said, yeah, let's do it. Why not? And so then um, I had to just send some uh, awkward emails last week that said, hey, I need you guys to help me sort out this day. Um, I, I probably also need somebody to help me figure out how to use my calendar a little bit better. But, um, I would also say if you're not using some sort of calendar, uh, I double book myself all the time. So Google calendar is my, uh, very best friend. And that's, um, share that with your spouse or whoever you have at home. If you have like kids or whatever, please make sure they know the days that you're like going to be out of town or, um, whenever you're presenting somewhere, you got some sort of big messy thing you've been planning at school that maybe you neglected to mention i have stepped in that hole probably too many times as well so calendars and communication are a a big deal for me i think amongst um our pod squad i would have to say that we we all dislike future selves uh because i think we just have the heart of wanting to help everybody and i and I struggle with that horribly bad of just like Josh said, I'm a, absolutely, let's do that. I, I think that's great. I'll help you. Um, and then that stretches us too thin. So um, I'm lucky enough though to, to work with some amazing people here in my school district. And um, as a technology team, some of the core things that we started this year is we started our year by saying less is more. So what are those things? We identified those things that we wanted to do and we wanted to do really well because that's what oftentimes happens when we stretch ourselves too thin. I like wake up and go, oh my gosh, I'm totally not being a good mom. I'm not being a good tech coach. I'm not being a good wife, all those kinds of things and get overwhelmed. So we really have gone into this less is more. And then we also had a conversation that surrounded what can we take off of our plates? Um, And we realized that we had several initiatives going on in district that were 
phenomenal initiatives, but it was time to pass them on to maybe a teacher leadership team instead of it being just the responsibility of the, the tech coaches. And so we've, we've started to take a few things and kind of try and shift them to other people so that we can focus on different initiatives or what our goals are. And then um, the third thing that we did is that we all wrote down as a group, we sat down and we wrote down what was one simple thing that we wanted to do at home to make sure that our home lives weren't suffering from our work lives. Um, and then we all kind of added in on each other, like, like, you know, like Amanda, you're tweeting at a, 11 o'clock at night. You've got to stop that. Um, and so we kind of hold each other accountable to that, like what our goals are. So mine was, you know, just being more present with my kids during mealtime instead of, checking my emails or trying to get something planned for teachers that I'm working with just to take that 30 or 45 minutes and make sure that I'm trying to connect with my kids. So that's kind of what we worked on. And I think that's, it's kind of been beneficial to focus back on it every time. So Sam, I think that idea of less is more is so incredibly important, but every time I think about that and every time I think about, you know, what do we cut or how do I make less really be more Then I, holes start showing up. So how do you guys prevent there from being holes with things that just aren't getting done um, when you adopt that mentality? Um, well, I think it's helped that we've added another tech coach. So that's been able to spread us a little bit further. So definitely manpower has helped. Um, and really just dividing and conquering has been, the, the best. And, and we honestly just took some things off of our plates to say, we don't have to be at one of the things that we uh, su have supported and we still support, but all the STEM nights that we do throughout the school district, I mean, when you have 22 schools and 22 schools ask you to participate in their STEM nights, that's 22 nights away from your family. Mm -hmm. um, and we've simply said, we, we can't do that anymore. And we just left that hole there. Um, that that's just something we can't do. So uh, it's hard to say, you know, sometimes it's hard to say no to that kind of stuff because I love that stuff. Um, but I also have to have to have a little bit of the balance. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I mean, I, I like the idea that um, you are taking things off the plate. You know, a lot of times schools just say, well, the problem is we don't have a big enough plate. So we're going to go to the store and pick, a, pick out a bigger plate. And, and that way you can get more stuff on that plate. And that solves that problem. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, it's always good to, to kind of evaluate what is on there and see what either can be connected or removed. That's, that's a good idea. Um, I'm, I kind of have, I don't know if you call it a good thing or bad thing. My kids are still young, so they're in daycare um, and they still like to go to bed early. So, you know, my, I don't know if it's necessarily non-negotiable time, but it's pretty much what it is. It's basically five, five to seven thirty. You know, I mean, with them being in daycare all day long, um, two and a half hours a day in the week during the week is really all we see them. And so um, I've kind of it's kind of been known. With, I mean, yes, there can be exceptions, but typically I'm unavailable, tweeting, uh, email, phone calls between five and seven thirty because that's dinner time, cleanup time, play time, and then. Typically they're asleep by seven thirty, and then I can answer and tweet and until you know the break of eleven o'clock. But um, that's been very key. I, I like Josh's point of of keeping that calendar up to date. Uh, that is very very true. Uh, I try to 
I do a little traveling within my role. And so I try to keep my travel dates. I try not to be out of town more than three or four nights a month. I have that ability, but sometimes it's not always true. It's just, you know, you have to have that balance. I think is key. Um, and then I have something I've started doing because one reason I always hate the future me is, yeah, I plan these out and I'll sometimes do like Josh does and, and double book, but triple book myself. But then if, even if I don't do that, I don't book in the plan time it takes to prepare for those workshops or those days. And so I've really started to, to make a point to, okay, so if I'm going to be here from 12 to four on the Tuesday, I don't have anything on Monday yet. I'm going to block two hours or three hours on Monday as well to make sure that I don't book myself on Monday to prepare for my Tuesday, because that's when I usually really hate myself as well. Like, Man, when am I going to get this done and prep for that training that I, that I, you know, said that I would do. So make sure you build in that prep. Time as well. I know that, uh, present me really loves to book things um but uh future me really hates to plan things so uh i will uh i have a thousand million great ideas i have a whole like this is great for a podcast because i'm showing you guys a thing on my camera but i keep like these little legal pads everywhere and i'm always like right now all these big ideas and dates and like i email yeah aaron's got hers up now too um yeah but same over here but um so I'm always looking like, oh, here's a really cool, innovative. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a film festival at the high school, and then we're gonna do a steam night at one of the elementaries, and then we're gonna have a digital citizenship symposium at the, the this school. And so I'm planning all these things and uh, getting them all in the calendar and getting like people to buy into it. But then I realize, oh, like this is uh, the ownership of this is mine. So now I have to like. Uh, call these places and make sure like the building's open. I have to get the custodians to come in or I have to um, find teachers who want to come in and present or help facilitate this thing. And uh, one, I think one really important thing to remember when you're in a role like this is um, at least and really in, with me is I rely so much on other people who it isn't always necessarily their job. Uh, they're not going to have the passion enthusiasm to help me get this stuff ready to go and do it. So if I plan something, if I set something up, I have to be the person to do all the groundwork, do all the legwork, set it all up, make sure everything's running smoothly. I can't like phone in uh, the day before and say, hey, sorry, I'm not feeling well, this, uh, this isn't gonna happen. Um, so you just have to be uh, really clear and intentional about the things that you're trying to do and um, then actually do them. You can't like have a bunch of great ideas and then be like, well, sorry, this, uh, this thing isn't gonna happen now. And if you're not willing to do that, and my wife yells at me about this all the time, stop planning these things that you think are so great. Like just stop doing that all the time if uh, it's killing you to, to uh, manage all of that. Um, I mean, and I try to like delegate stuff like that. I have, uh, we created a committee and like they help facilitate with steam nights and all that stuff. but. All when it boils down to, to it, their job, uh, they see their job as working in a classroom. They don't see their job as facilitating uh, a movement uh, for instructional technology in our district. So if you plan it, it's yours. You bought it, baby. You got to deal with it. That, I, put, I put the link in the show notes, but it totally made me think of Seinfeld. Anybody can take a reservation, but the important part is holding the reservation. That is so, so good. Yes, I, put so that, I put the video link in the show notes. Great at taking out. reservations over here. You know what we haven't talked about is how you make time for learning. 
um, because this week I was reminded like taking that time to learn myself sometimes goes on the back burner. So literally la not last night, but the night before um, I signed up to do a webinar with the dynamic learning project and some, some coaching strategies. And um, I literally was on the webinar as I was driving kids back and forth to young life and fixing dinner. And, you know, I'm like, thank goodness there's a mute for them not to be able to hear the chaos that is erupting behind me. Um, and it's hard. To, it's that carving that time. And I really like how Jonathan said, like, book it on your calendar. Because if I don't, it's the first, even sometimes when I do book on my calendar, like, I want to do this, or I need to, I need time to work on something. That's my, those are my first slots to go when a teacher says, hey, can you come over and do an iPad lesson? I'm like, sure, I'll find time to do that. Um, so making time for the learning is a challenge too. It really is. I mean, I, I've tried doing those webinars at night and I never make it never make it to those to those webinars at night thank god some of them are like they record them and then they send you the recording i'm like yes <laughs> at least i can still watch it later but yeah i've tried that that doesn't work um i you know for me um if i go visit people like how i went to go visit jp like if i go visit others and i can block that out on my calendar and actually leave and go then that is that's some of the best learning that i can set aside for myself because i know that if i'm here in my office, I mean, I'm looking around right now, I have at least four books laid across right here in front of my face to remind myself to read them. So yeah, that's not going to happen. And then I have, you know, articles in front of my face and, and post-its and all sorts of stuff. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, this, it, it can get difficult to, yeah, for your own learning for sure. You know, I think that's one of those things that we have to realize, at least, you know, in our roles, it's so important for us to continue to be learners because we're responsible for doing that learning, um, processing that learning, and figuring out where it needs to go in our districts. So blocking that time out, like, you know, one thing I you know, present JP always says that future JP is going to put on his calendar 30 minutes, three times a week to, and I'm using my air quotes, do Twitter. Because if I'm not intentional about it, I kind of forget about that network a little bit. And that's a, you know, that's a valuable place to do some learning and have some of those conversations. Um, you know, I know this group here, you know, I, and I think we've talked about this before, but these conversations that we have once a month, um, they're, all, they're learning for us, right? You know, we're learning about resources and best practices. And, um, you know, I'm lucky that I get to talk to four of the smartest tech coach folks in the area once a month. And I get to learn from all of you guys. Um, you know, for me, it's, I take that learning, like I'm, you know, I'm big into the podcast, obviously we're on a podcast right now. So when I do my, um, when I go exercise in the morning, I try really hard to make sure I'm always doing, I'm using that 45 minutes or whatever it is to do some learning. Um, and just make sure that, you know, I have that time for myself to get the ideas and, you know, I guess listening to podcasts, I'm not really building networks, but it's giving me ideas and things that I could take into the work that I do with my colleagues and with my teachers. I was talking to our, we have a new director of professional development this year and we were talking about some budget stuff and she said, yeah, I'd love to go to this, but I think I need to cut it out of the budget so we can send teachers to whatever other events. And I told her, I said, Robin, it's really important for you to do that learning because you have, you know, you have to do the learning around your job so you can push that out to, to teachers in the district. So while it's so important for us to 
lead selflessly sometimes. We also have to kind of keep in mind that if we're not learning, it's much more difficult for us to push our districts forward. JP, you reminded me of when you're talking about listening to a podcast while you're running. So you're trying to get your learning in while you're trying to take care of your health at the same time. It's always about that layering as well. Okay, I got to tell you guys. So I have learned this year that it, Walmart grocery pickup, um, the delayed timer on my washing machine, and, and having an Instant Pot has absolutely saved, has really helped out my uh, uh, Walmart grocery life pickup. balance. Uh, plus on that and... Uh, Instant Pots. If you guys don't have an Instant Pot, you can make your dinner before you go to work and it's ready when you come back. It is amazing. <laughs> it has saved my family. <laughs> All right. So speaking of that, we have the, the Walmart grocery pickup. We have the timer on the laundry, which I apparently don't have a nice enough washing machine because uh, I set a reminder on my phone to go start the laundry at 4 a.m. Um, and we have the Instapot. So I'm curious, like when it comes to developing that work-life balance, do you guys have any hacks, tricks, secrets that help you balance all the things that you do? My biggest secret is I don't go running at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but it may not be a secret. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Look at me. I ain't doing it either, John. Well, I'm going to say two things about that. The first thing I'm going to say is like, you know, so what I know right now everyone talks about, you know, taking care of yourself and all that. And I know, and I've talked to my wife about this, that I know that if I'm going to exercise, it has to be at that time of day because I know I'm not going to do it after work. And, you know, by the time I get home from work, we're getting dinner, we're spending the 90 minutes or whatever we have with our kids before they go to bed. And then we're, you know, talking to each other half asleep for another 35 minutes before we fall asleep on the couch. So if I'm, you know, I have to find that balance and figure out, I want to take care of myself. And if I'm going to do it, the alarm's going off at 3.43 in the morning and that's what I'm running. Uh, the other kind of thing that I'll share out, I don't have an Instapot. I feel like I need to get one just because I might be the only one who doesn't have it. But what we do instead, so we have like an old school crock pot with a little knob on it, the off, low, high, warm. And then I have a smart plug that's attached to that. So I prep the crock pot the night before, before I leave for work, I just set the crock pot in the thing and I schedule the, um, I schedule the smart plug to come on whenever we need to start cooking dinner. When we get home, like the other night I got home, it smelled like chili in the house. It was amazing. We were ready to eat right when we walked in the door and it, you know, we did it from the phone. So I don't know how different that is from the Instapot, but I scheduled to start at the right time and it's ready when we get home. Sounds just like an Instapot actually. So. <laughs> Pretty good. My biggest purchase was the air fryer. We love that thing too. But <laughs> I need to get a Roomba as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I've been looking at those too. Too expensive right now. Come down. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> um, I guess a hack that I have—it's not like world-changing or anything—but I do like to be active on Twitter. But a lot of times, I can't be like in the moment because I'm just so busy throughout the day. So what I started doing is I do all of my tweeting usually right before I go to bed at night but I use TweetDeck to schedule them to go out uh, through the day. So like if I want to reply to somebody's question, I'm doing it at 2 a.m., um, I'm, nobody's going to respond to that. So I, if I'm going to be doing professional development in the middle of the night in a place where I need a network of people to answer my question or if, I have, uh, if I'm looking for people to participate in a project or something, um, I, just, uh, I started scheduling that stuff to go out th throughout the next day. 
And so that way I get a lot more out of it because people are more apt to respond to me or give me some feedback on something. And there's other way, like I do the same thing with uh, like emails. So I use an uh, extension called Boomerang. So I don't have to be up all night, like uh, do an email or whatever. I can schedule them all to go out at the right time. I don't have to be in front of my desk sending emails and stuff or responding to people, but also like, it doesn't have to go out um, at 11:30 when I might have an actual chance to send it, and then they will never see it. So I try to use some kind of automated uh, efficiency stuff on my computer to make it a little bit easier to uh, to connect with people and get them to actually see the stuff I need them to look at. That's Do you point, pay Josh. for the premium boomerang, Josh? I don't. Um, I know that if you need to, because I think you get, because you can schedule emails and you get a certain amount, but I've never ran over the actual amount. I think it would be worth paying for, but I've never needed to pay for it, so I haven't yet. So when is Gmail going to get a delay send option? I know, like that's what I'm saying. If they can do it, just why doesn't Google buy them and then incorporate it? Make it a first party. Maybe they'll listen to this and they'll add it. Well, yeah, hire me, Google. I'll help you make this happen. I will call Boomerang for you and say, hey, you want to send us the API in this? We can just plug it in and uh, get, get it done. You will save all of us from our future selves. Please, please. That's great. <laughs> right there. I'll use the delay send in Outlook, but that's even annoying because you have to have your Outlook open in order for it to actually send. And oh, I, really? Oh. I use the web version so often that I'm never really on the actual client version. And so I'll schedule some then they never go out i'm like why didn't this go out i'm like oh because i didn't actually get up open up my outlook it's that's terrible annoying too yeah i don't have any hacks guys i'm just tired (laughs) (laughs) here's a hack go to bed on time and wake up at a reasonable hour so you can uh, i try to fit it all in yeah 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 i will say amazon prime is my best friend Oh, yeah, I agree. Especially this time of year when you're doing your Christmas shopping, and I've noticed they have it says this year expected to arrive before Christmas or after. Oof. Mm -hmm. Saving my life, Amazon. Thank you so much. (laughs) I've also noticed that since they bought Whole Foods, if you actually plan ahead, which I know we're talking about we hate our future selves, but you have that option to get it a couple days later and you get $5 for Whole Foods or whatever, and Hmm. there goes your holiday dinner right there. So as we start to wrap this conversation up, you know, I think the thing for us all to continue thinking about, I, I know that no one really, we don't really have any solid answers. We came up with a couple of hacks and a couple ideas, but it's just to really think about how we develop that balance between our work, our learning and our families and just really trying to be cognizant and aware of the things that we're planning. So you maybe don't schedule two Saturdays in a row away from your family eight months ahead of time and not know that until the week of not that anyone on this call has ever done that oh no no not at all oh yeah that's my wife she loves that (laughs) no matter if you share your calendar with that person or not they still might not know so we're going to jump out of the featured content now and start to wrap things up um we do have some exciting news about the edtech pod squad uh jonathan you want to share that news with everyone well, sure. So the EdTech Pod Squad will be at the MTC conference in February, and we will be recording an episode live in our session. So um, it's going to be a pretty cool session. We're, of course, uh, maybe an example of how we may hate our future selves, but the idea is, is sound. And uh, so we are going to kind of plan it out together while we're in front of you. And hopefully those that attend will get to be a part of the actual episode and then it'll air 
pretty soon after that. So we're pretty excited to be able to, uh, to do that. And we're working with um, some of our sponsors to hopefully have even not only to be recorded, but uh, possibly actually have it out live on whether it's a um, YouTube stream or, or whatever. We're looking to see what uh, different capabilities we can add within the room. But um, regardless, we're going to be recording it live. Um, we'll hope to be actually be live out on air too, but um, it's going to be pretty exciting. I'm a little nervous. I've never done a live event before, but you know, hey. Well, that's going to be really exciting. And we will have some EdTech Pod Squad stickers giveaway. Yes, Yay. I think, so. I think we probably well, have like 30 between the five of us. Uh, I have a whole pile, <laughs> yep. Nice. So guys, um, that kind of puts a wrap on this episode of the EdTech Pod Squad. We're going to run through the room one more time, remind us how you can connect with everyone. I am JP Presavento, Instructional Technology Coordinator in Fox Schools. You can connect with me on Twitter at JP Prez, that's at J-P-P-R-E-Z-Z, or on my website, jpprez.com. I'm Erin Lawson from the Orchard Farm School District, and you can find me on Twitter at Erin underscore Lawson3. I am Jonathan Lee. I am an instructional specialist with METC. You can catch me on Twitter at JLeeTechPercent. You can also catch me in person February 11th through 13th with all my EdTech Pod Squad friends uh, at our conference session. So come join us. Samantha Hardesty Knoll with the Wentzville Schools District. You can find me at TechKnoll. Uh, Josh Howard. Um, you can find me at Josh C. Howard and check out my website, JoshCHoward.com. It's the bomb. All right. Everyone have a great month, and we will talk to you all again in January. Bye Take bye care of your future everybody. self. <laughs> bye. This has been another episode of the EdTech Pod Squad. We'll see you next month for more sharing and reflecting with Josh Howard, Samantha Hardesty-Knoll, Aaron Lawson, Jonathan Lee, and me, J.P. Presavento. <laughs>